Well, good morning, everyone. Shabbat Shalom. Here I am feeling like a uh, bar mitzvah boy, the first time he's speaking in front of a congregation. Uh, it's a little strange talking to you via live stream, uh, but I am happy that this technology uh, exists. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you all are being wise in this situation that we're going through. I was talking to a friend the other day and it almost feels like I'm watching an old episode of Twilight Zone for those of you old enough uh, to remember Rod Sterling and the TV show Twilight Zone. But this is not the Twilight Zone. This is reality and this is the world that we're living in. And to be honest with you, this is an indication of the fragility of the world that we live in. Things can change in a moment. Not just the weather in Washington, D.C., but the climate around the entire world. And so um, as we start, I just wanted to share with you something uh, that I saw on the Internet uh, this morning. Um, it's a quote from Franklin Graham, and uh, I just want to read it to you um, exactly as it's written. It certainly is not in a messianic language. It certainly has some political overtones. Uh, I'm not worried about that. I just want to read it exactly uh, as it was written. Franklin Graham is the president and CEO of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and president of Samaritan's Purse. Graham is a vocal supporter of President Donald Trump and prayed at the inaugurations of President Trump and President George W. Bush. And this is what he writes. Quote, during this time with the coronavirus, Fear is gripping the hearts of people around the world. There's a mountain of anxiety and alarm, and it is still building. It is as real as the virus itself, but it is treatable. There are people in need that we can reach out to help. Like a fireman runs to the fire, the church needs to respond to crises around us. We who are the church need to stand up and be the hands and feet of our Lord, Jesus Christ, Yeshua, HaMashiach. And I think that that's the attitude we all have to have. We need to understand that it's our turn to truly be lights to the world, that it's our turn to let people know that they can truly have hope in a situation that seems hopeless. And so uh, as we uh, come together this Shabbat morning, and isn't it isn't it interesting? I think this is the first Shabbat in the United States where everybody is forced to have Shabbat. Very few places are open. People are not working. People are at home. Maybe today is truly a time to exercise and also to practice the art of resting in the Lord. And so this morning, I wish you Shabbat Shalom. I wish you his peace, his rest, his confidence, and most of all, his hope. So let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father and our King. We come to you this morning knowing that you are God of all creation. We come to you this morning knowing that there is none like unto you. We come to you this morning knowing that whatever the world throws at us, you are there to guard us, you are there to guide us, you are there to protect us, you are there to stand with us and to see us through. Father, you know the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. We can only know you now, but you know all things. 
And just as Joseph said to his brothers that what they meant for evil, you meant for good. I know that what's going on in the world right now is meant for evil, but you, in fact, will mean it for good as well. And so we give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you honor. We give you all respect. And we pray this in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua. Amen. Well, I want to talk a little bit about this week's Parsha, which is a double Parsha, and then um, I will have a message. I hope you don't get too bored uh, by the end of this live cast. I hope also that you either have your Bibles with you or you have um, your app open on your phone because we will be looking at a number of places in Scripture. The Parsha this week is, in fact, a uh, double Parsha. It's two portions put together. Uh, the first is called Vayechel, the second is Kukudei, and it runs all the way from um, Exodus 35 to the end of Exodus 40, which is in fact the end uh, of the book of Exodus. Exodus 35 is a very interesting chapter as it runs all the way through 36, 37, and all the way up to chapter 40. In fact, we're introduced here again to the Sabbath, the understanding of the Sabbath, the need to celebrate the Sabbath, and the understanding that resting in God and resting in his Shabbat is probably the most important thing we can take into the world and share with the world and also share amongst each other to understand what Shabbat really means. But also in these five chapters, you'll find that there are instructions for the tabernacle. Instructions for the Mishkan, as it is written in Hebrew. Five chapters of instructions. Isn't it amazing? It only took three chapters for God to talk about creation, but five chapters to talk about the building and construction of the first tabernacle, the Mishkan. There are instructions for giving in order to have the right amount of goods for the tabernacle. There's instructions on how to build the curtains for the tabernacle. You will remember that it was a tent and not a structural building, uh, so to speak. There's instructions about the structure, the boards that are to be built, the acacia wood. There's instruction about the veil, about the Ark of the Covenant, about the table of showbread. Instructions about the golden lampstand. There are the two altars, the altar of incense and the altar of burnt offerings. And then there's instructions about the bronze laver, about the courtyard area. And even on to the specifics of the instructions of the clothes that the priests are to wear. And finally, in chapter 40, the tabernacle is erected. A wondrous, incredible undertaking by the Lord our God. I want to read to you from Exodus, chapter 30, beginning in verse 34. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. When the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day and the fire was over it by night in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all of their journeys. Specific instructions that the Lord gave the children of Israel in order to build a tabernacle 
where he might dwell not in the tabernacle, but within and among his people. And he was with the people all through their wilderness wanderings. What an amazing picture of a God who wants to be with his people. The Haftorah portion, depending on where you go, is either taken from Ezekiel or 1 Kings. 1 Kings is chapter 8. And it's interesting in 1 Kings chapter 5 to 7, which are the chapters preceding this, we again find the construction of their temple by King Solomon. There is discussion of the material, the laborers. There's also final completion of the temple. It talks about the furnishings, the construction, the dedication. The ark returns to the temple. The Shekinah glory returns to the temple. Of course, in the middle of all of this, we have 12 verses about Solomon building his own palace. I guess he had a little bit of pride and selfishness. But finally, we have a wondrous construction of the temple of God. And I'm reading now from uh, 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 10 to 13. And it came to pass, when the priests came out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of the Lord. And then Solomon spoke, quote, The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud, and I have surely built for you an exalted house and a place for you, O Lord, to dwell forever. Again, we see here the next progression, if you will, of God dwelling among his people, dwelling in the temple that Solomon built, dwelling in a place where his presence made it so that the priests couldn't even minister uh, in the temple. From the Brit Hadashah, the New Covenant readings, I'm reading from 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 23. 1 Corinthians chapter 3 is an amazing chapter. It ministers to us as ministers of the Lord. It tells us that we're fellow workers with God and also as such that we are accountable to God. You see, our relationship as believers is also a wonderful work of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 23. Do you not know that you are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone defiles or destroys the temple of God, God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Let no one deceive himself. If anyone among you seems to be wise in this age, let him become a fool, that he may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he catches the wise in their own craftiness, Job 5.13. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, that they are futile. Therefore, let no one glory in men, for all things are yours. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death, all things present or things to come, all are yours. And you are Messiahs and Messiah is God. It's amazing to me, as I spent time in these scriptures this past week, the awesome plan of God in order to be able to tabernacle with his people. First in a tent, then in a temple, 
and then in our, our very midst, both personally and communally. And I want to close, if I will, if I can rather, by looking at two Psalms that talk about our relationship as believers and what a wonderful work that is, a wonderful work of God. You know, Psalm 139 is a Psalm of David. It's entitled, Search Me, O God. And I want to read from Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. For you have formed my inward parts. You have covered me or woven me in my mother's womb. I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. I hope you've caught the theme of all of these readings. The marvelous and wonderful works of God. And what's amazing is, they begin in a tent, and they end in a tent. You see, we are the tents of God. We are the tabernacle of God. We are the temple of God. God reigns in us so that we can be his ministers. It's a marvelous work that he did with the tent, with the tabernacle, with the temple, but even more so, what a marvelous work he has done in us through his son, Yeshua. And to him we give all praise. Amen. Weird time we're living in, huh? It's a good time to be an old person like me. You see, I get to go to the grocery store early in the morning and shop when nobody else is there. I hope that all of you have uh, enough food in your homes. I hope that you have enough sanitizer in your homes. I hope that you've stored up the new currency in the United States, toilet paper. In any event, um, I've tried to reach out to many of you by phone, by text, and by email just to make sure uh, that you're doing okay. I do want to make it known that if any of you have any needs, please make sure the Son of David congregation knows about them. It's our duty, it's our responsibility, it's our joy, and it's a blessing to be able to take care of one another. I think we need to remember that in times like this, historically, great revivals have taken place. Great revivals have taken place. And the reason for that is twofold. Number one, people are looking for answers to the crisis of life. And number two, the people of God are showing them that answer. The Son of God, Yeshua. If you know people, call them up. Tell them hi. Ask how they're doing. Tell them you want to pray for them if they would like. It could be someone that comes to your mind that you haven't thought of in a year. Give them a call. They didn't come to mind for no reason. It might be someone at Son of David that you've been praying for over the years. Give them a call. Make sure they're okay. The Word of God is expressed through the people of God by the acts of the people of God. And let's be people of action in a time that everybody's supposed to be in their houses doing nothing. 
because the word is alive, the word is active, and the response of the people of God can do much to see many more people come to faith in our Messiah, Yeshua. Okay, oh, I see all of these uh, people who have been joining and comments. Boy, it's good to see all of you people. I, I would not, I, I could um, read them all by name. By the way, I have my director, my um, um, scene director and, and, and um, producer, Dan Kalansky, is helping me here. And it's really nice to see all the comments that are here. I can't comment on them while I'm speaking um, because obviously I'm having enough trouble speaking <laughs> on this very uncomfortable platform. But thank you all for being a part of this. Um, and I hope uh, that what I say today will be um, encouraging and um, will help you uh, in your walk. Well, let me get to my notes, if I can. I want to read to you from Psalm 27. Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me at his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. On April 21st, 1764, John Wesley wrote in his journal about a visit that he had made. He said this, quote, I visited one who was ill in bed, and after having buried seven of her family in six months, had just heard that the eighth, her beloved husband was cast away at sea. I asked, do not you fret at any of those things? She said with a lovely smile upon her pale cheek, oh no, how can I fret at anything which is the will of God? Let him take all besides. He has given me himself. I love, I praise him every moment. Pretty strong words. And I think that the gift of having faith in the Lord makes us able to face the troubles of life like this pandemic with praise in our hearts. And Psalm 27 shows us that David was one of those people who had great faith in the Lord. Now you've probably noticed as you read your scripture and specifically the Psalms that Many of the Psalms have inscriptions that give us some insight, if you will, 
to the circumstances that surround that specific psalm. For example, we're told that Psalm 3 is a, quote, Psalm of David when he fled from Absalom, his son. It was, in fact, a psalm about victory in the face of defeat. Psalm 24 is a psalm of David when he changed his behavior before Abimelech. And Psalm 51 was written by David after Nathan the prophet came to him, after King David had sinned with Bathsheba. And Psalm 57 is a psalm of David when he fled from Saul in the cave. I think we have to understand, and it's absolutely a surety, that David faced a lot of battles in his life. Think about it, just some of them. He was pursued by Saul, the king of Israel. He fled from his own son, Absalom. He endured many battles against the Philistines. And he suffered greatly as a result of his own sin with Bathsheba. Well, interestingly, Psalm 27 is one of those psalms that's simply titled a Psalm of David. No clue, no instruction, no clear path, if you will, as to what he was facing when he penned the psalm. I mean, we know who wrote it, King David. We know that he was facing some great difficulties at this point in his life, but we're not told the specific circumstances that prompted this prayer. And in this psalm, King David refers to the trouble that he was facing because of his enemies. He speaks of false witnesses. You find that in verse 12. Witnesses and those people who were violent men. I mean, I think it's, it's pretty sure to assume, and there's no doubt, that David was in the midst of an intense attack, whatever it was. But even with that trouble all around him, King David had great confidence in the Lord. And not only did he have confidence in the Lord, he was able to praise the Lord, even in the midst of whatever difficulty he was going through. Verse 6, My head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. I will sing and make music to the Lord at his sacred tent. I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. Please notice this particular understanding of what was going on in David's heart and soul and life. He was filled with praise. He was filled with thanksgiving. And he was filled with adoration for all God had done in his life. And this morning, this virtual Shabbat morning, I want to look at how David responded to the troubles in his life and to consider the question of how to praise God on difficult days, days like a worldwide pandemic. I think there are at least three things that David teaches us about how to deal with difficult days and difficult situations in this psalm. First, we should understand the personality of God. Understand the personality of God. Second, we should seek the presence of God. Seek the presence of God. And thirdly, we have the ability and we should rest in the protection of God. Resting in the protection of God. Person, 
presence and protection. So let's begin with understanding the personality of God. King David was a man who walked with the Lord. Acts 13.22 describes King David as a man after God's own heart. I mean, think about this in everyday life. The longer that you know someone, the more time that you spend with them, the more you'll learn about their personality. Sometimes this is a good thing. Sometimes not so good thing. But listen, the longer you walk with the Lord, the more time you spend with the Lord, the more you will learn about him. And that is always, always a good thing. When you begin to recognize and to understand all of the aspects of God's personality, then you become more and more confident in his abilities. And when you have confidence in the Lord, you will be able to trust him even in the tough times of life, even during this pandemic with all its consequences of spatial distancing from people, of running out of hand sanitizer, of agonizing over enough toilet paper. Listen to what David declares about the personality of God in verses 1 through 3. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out against me, even then I will be confident. David describes the Lord as my light, my salvation, and the strength of my life. Light, salvation, and the strength of my life. And even though trouble surrounded the king, he knew that he wasn't in darkness. Why? Because the Lord was his light. Even though danger was all around him, King David knew that the Lord was his salvation. He trusted that the Lord would deliver him from his enemies. David's confidence, dear ones, came from the fact that the Lord had delivered him in the past. So he was confident that the Lord would deliver him from his current situation, and David knew and could trust that the Lord would deliver him in the future too. And as children of God, we can and should have this same kind of confidence in our God. We can look back on times he's delivered us in the past. We can trust him to deliver us from our current circumstances. And we can be sure that he will deliver us in the future. And we who are saved have already experienced the greatest deliverance of all. Through Yeshua, we've been delivered from our sins. We've been delivered from death to life. And so we can have confidence in him even in the midst of the worst of times. Why? Because he's our light and he's our salvation. Listen to what John says in his gospel account. John chapter 1, verse 4. In Yeshua was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness. Chapter 1, verse 9. 
He is the true light who gives light to every man that comes into the world. And not only is Yeshua our light and our salvation, he's the strength of our lives. Think about this for a moment. King David was a pretty good warrior. I mean, he was a big-time gladiator. He not only slew Goliath, but he had many noted victories against the Philistines. But even with his skill and even with his personal abilities, David looked to the Lord as the strength of his life. I believe that was the secret to David's success in battle. Even though he was skilled, strong, sly, he trusted in the Lord to secure the victory. Listen to what David said to Goliath just before he slew him. This is from 1 Samuel 45 to 48. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day will the Lord deliver you into my hand, and I will smite you and take your head from you, and I will give the carcasses of the host of the Philistines this day to the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saves not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. I mean, think about it. David faced what most would have called unbeatable odds, and yet he was victorious. Why? He was victorious because he trusted in the Lord to provide the victory. And I believe also that we would do well to look to the Lord to secure the victory in the battles that we face in life. Sure, we're tempted to look everywhere else for strength in the battle. We look to earthly resources. We look to friends. We look to ourselves. Sometimes we trust in our own strength rather than trusting in the Lord. And maybe, just maybe, this is why we are defeated so often. But David knew that God was far stronger than he was. And David knew that God was much stronger than his enemies. And the great blessing was that God was on David's side. So please listen. We can have the same kind of confidence in the Lord that King David had. In Ephesians 6 verse 10, Paul says it this way. My brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Look back in Psalm 27. Look at verse 1. And notice in that verse that David says, Of whom shall I be afraid? There was no reason for David to fear his enemies. There was no reason for him to fear his circumstances. There was no reason for him to fear anything. Why? Because the Lord was on his side. The Lord was his light, his salvation, his shield, and his strength. We can trust him for these very same reasons. And if we can just grasp these truths, we can confidently face any storm, any valley, any battle, any epidemic that comes into our lives. So how can you give praise even on difficult days? Well, why don't you start by understanding the personality and person of God? And second, why don't you seek 
the presence of God. Verse 4. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. David didn't just live off past victories. He didn't just spend his time reflecting on what God had already done for him. No, he continued to seek the Lord. He said, I will seek after the Lord that I can dwell in his house all the days of my life. You see, David knew just how sweet it was to fellowship with the Lord. It's a great thing to know that we can run to him in times of trouble. It's comforting to know that we can trust him to protect us in the midst of the storm. And I believe that there's great assurance in knowing that he will walk with us through the valleys of life and through the shadow of the valley of death. And it's very encouraging to know that we can trust him to conquer our enemies and secure us the victory in the battles of life. However, we don't have to wait until the world is falling apart to seek the Lord. In fact, we should have the desire to seek him and to experience his presence all the days of our lives. And in this passage, David indicates that he desired to live in the tabernacle itself so that he could be surrounded by the presence of God daily. He states that his desire was to, quote, behold the beauty of the Lord. Behold the beauty of the Lord. Now understand, he wasn't referring to the temple. The temple didn't exist yet. At this point in time, Israel's temple was, a, temple was a tabernacle, a tent. It was little more than a big sukkah. It wasn't an earthly structure, nor were, was it the contents of the tabernacle that David longed for. No, it was the beauty of the Lord who resided in the tabernacle that our king was fascinated with. He longed for the sweetness of God's presence. He wanted to know more of God. And even though David had a wonderful relationship with him, he still wanted to know more about him. And that's the way it should be for each and every one of us who belong to him through his son. King David also states that he wanted to seek him in his temple. He knew that when he was in the presence of the Lord, he could make his requests known to him. And that's exactly what he does in the latter part of this psalm. I'm going to be reading from verse 7 to verse 14. Hold on one moment while I open my scriptures. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not leave me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take care of me. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the, way, to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, as such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart 
unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. In order to successfully make your requests known unto God, you need to seek his presence. And when you comprehend the person and personality of God, and when you seek his presence, it's then, I believe, that you'll be able to rest in his protection. Verse 5. For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent. He set me high upon a rock. It's here that David reveals one of the many blessings of seeking the Lord with all of your heart. He states with confidence that in the midst of trouble, God would keep him safe and shelter him and set him high upon a rock. There's no indication anywhere in the Bible that God's children are to be exempt from the troubles of this life. But when we walk with the Lord, we can trust him to protect us. In him we find comfort. In him we find rest, even in the worst of times. He's our refuge in times of trouble. David proclaimed this in many of his Psalms. Psalm 46:11, The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Psalm 59:16, But I will sing of your power. Yes, I will sing aloud of your mercy in the morning. For you have been my defense and refuge in the day of my trouble. Psalm 62, 7. And God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. When it's dark, he's our light. When we're weak, he's our strength. When the fiery darts of the wicked when come our way, He's our shield. And when the enemy pursues us, he's our refuge. Our light, our strength, our shield and our refuge. That's the God who we serve and the God who loves us with all his heart. Dear ones, there's so much hope and assurance to be found in this psalm. And as children of God, we can claim these promises that David spoke of in these verses. We can say the Lord is our light and our salvation. We have no need to fear anyone or anything in this life. Why? Because the Lord is the strength of our lives. When our enemies come upon us, they will stumble and they will fall. You see, we have the opportunity to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of our lives. We are able to behold the beauty of the Lord and we're able to inquire of him and make our requests known to him. In times of trouble, he and only he is our refuge. And we can trust him. Trust him to hide us. Trust him to protect us. He will set our feet upon a rock. He will lift up our heads, even in the most difficult of times. But in order for us to have this confidence, and to claim these promises, and to experience these blessings, I think we need to do what David did and seek the Lord. And if we will do this, we'll be able to praise him, even in difficult days.
Do you know what a buoy is in the water? You know, that little thing that floats all around, waves go up, the buoy goes up, the waves go down, the buoys go down. Well, some of those buoys have bells that are, that are attached to it. So listen, when a bell buoy rings, it only rings during a storm. You see, the beating of the waves and the wind bring out the music that's within it. Dear ones, so do trials reveal what's inside of us. We can and should offer our praise to God. We need to be bells ringing out the praise of God, even when we're in the midst of storms and in the midst of this pandemic. And how do we do that? We comprehend the personality of God. We seek the presence of God. And we rest in the protection of God. Amen. Let's pray. Avinu, maybe this um, Sabbath is an opportunity for us to really rest. I mean, most of us are stuck in our houses, some by choice, some by necessity. Most of us, if not all of us, have already stocked our pantries. We've got lots of movies to watch, family to fellowship with in our homes. Maybe today we need to take time out, Lord, to have a Shabbat rest in you. To think about who you are. To dwell in your presence. And to rest in your safety and comfort. And so my prayer today for myself, for Son of David congregation, and for all who may be watching this video, this live broadcast, find your rest in him today. And if you don't know him, get to know him. If you haven't found him, search for him. He is the only answer to the most important question in life. What is your eternal future? I pray that if anyone is watching this live stream now, if you've never placed your trust in God, if you've never placed your trust in his son, who he sent to be our savior, what an incredible Shabbat it would be if you would put that trust in the only one who deserves that trust. In God the Father, in God the Son, and in God the Spirit who will indwell you as you come to faith. And to all, may you be blessed today. May you be praiseful people today. May you be prayerful people today. May the Lord lift you up. May he show you his peace. In Yeshua's name we pray. Amen. As is our custom at Son of David, I want to end with the benediction. Most of you know it. And so if you know it, even though you're sitting in front of a computer screen, I'm going to ask you to sing it along with me as a declaration of the amazing, wondrous God that we serve. Amen. May the Lord... May the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and give you peace. Yivarech Adonai v'yishmerecha 
Yeradunai panave lecha vichuneka. Yisadunai panave lecha v'yasem lecha shalom. V'yasem lecha shalom. This is the way you shall be blessed. From day to day he'll be your rest. This is the way you shall be blessed. From day to day, he is your rest. So may the Lord, may the Lord bless and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace and give you peace, and give you peace, and give you peace. Shabbat Shalom, and have a wonderful Onik Shabbat don't end it yet. Don't in, end your it own, yet. in your own house. Don't end it yet. Don't end it yet, my, my friend Dan says. Wow, you spend five minutes and just be really talking to people. You've got almost 40 people on right now. Oh, well, let me, let me just uh, tell you some of the comments that I have here. Um, let's see. You've got to bear with me. I'm not good at this, and my cursor's not doing well. Uh-oh. It's freezing up on me. Ian Neal, hello. You say amen. Amen. Yeah. Donna Lightsey, amen. You can read it here. Okay, here's, here's some more. Uh, and to Fred Edelstein, who says to hi, Zach, I, I say hi to you as well. Uh, Maria, oh, look at those notes of beautiful music. Let's see. And Deb Neal, we're praying for you that your back would get much better. Juan Carlos, I didn't know you knew Hebrew. That's wonderful. And to Maria, I hope you're dancing at home with your husband. And Gigi, it's good to see you here. So many people. Juan Carlos, uh, Anna Arabov, oh, thank you for being with us. And so many other people. Um, what I'm going to try to do is uh, during the week, I can't promise that I'll do this at a specific time every day, um, but I'm going to try to just do some brief thoughts on what's going on, some brief words from the scripture so that we can remain as a community. I'll probably do this. Um, in the evenings, even though many of us are not at work, a lot of us are working from home, and so I don't want to disrupt your day. Um, but we'll figure out a way to let you know um, when we're going to be doing some devotions and when we're going to be doing some thoughts from the Lord. And again, this is very important. I encourage you, I implore you, I beg you to reach out to people as we're going through this. And don't just reach out by email, and don't just reach out by text. Let people hear the sound of your voice. Let them hear the feelings of your heart as you speak to them. And pray with people. You can pray over the phone just as easy as, it's, as it is to pray while we're in the synagogue. So again, may God bless you and keep you. May his grace and his face shine upon you. May the Lord lift up you, lift you up, and grant you peace. Shabbat shalom. Bye-bye. Ha <laughs> ha.